Cassandra Ferguson, and uh, we're going to talk on a topic that is definitely, uh, you know, near and dear. We know that it's the first month of the beginning of 2024, and not every marriage is in a good space. Not every mm -hmm. relationship is in a good space. And we're going to talk about the truth about married couples who pretend they're happy. And so I'm going to allow Cassandra Ferguson to go ahead and introduce herself to you. She's not new to Married to the Ring by any means necessary, but I'm going to go ahead and let her uh, introduce herself to you. Well, Tanya, first I want to honor you and thank you for having me here with you today. And also thank you for continuing the race. No, I'm not new to Married to the Ring, but I want to thank you for staying in the race because we know the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, only to those that can endure to the end. So in the end is your destiny. So I want to thank you first and I want to applaud you and I want you to continue this race because it is helping many, many, many couples. So I am Cassandra Ferguson. And yes, Tanya is my girl. We met a divine connection by God. We were actually at a conference. I don't know if you remember. We were at Dr. Dee's conference. Yes, in, I love Dr. Dee. <laughs> in Baltimore, Tanya showed up. We connected and we have been connected since. I don't even know how many years that's been, but it's been a number of years. Wow. And Tanya, you know, you invited me to go to the UK with you to speak. My first international speaking engagement was, was an invite from Tanya. I am the CEO of Elevation Global Media Group, which is located in Towson, Maryland. And what is Elevation Global Media Group? All things media, whether it's radio, whether it's TV, whether it's podcast, whether it's publishing a book, whether it's um, learning the craft you're speaking and media coaching, all that voiceovers, all that we do, all that. And I am excited because God is emerging us into the, the, the space of EGMG training hub, where we're going to be training students in Baltimore yes. about, about media to give them a skill set in media and working with accredited colleges and all that, because I'm excited about that, because I do believe that everyone may not be called to be the CEO of a company, but people love to have to develop skill sets. So thank you again, Tanya. I'm excited. Oh, I've been married for 37 years to my, to my boyfriend. <laughs> I call my boyfriend because it still feels like that. You know, it yeah. didn't always feel like it, but now it feels like this is, you know, it feel like, you know, you're still my boyfriend. Um, yeah. <laughs> Antonio, we have four adult children. We have th um, four um, grandchildren, one which is in heaven, Atia. But we are just excited excited about life we are on this other side i can say the other side where we are now um like grandparents <laughs> um close to retirement um all that but i'm excited you know, I'm excited. I'm excited about what you're doing down there, over there in Be More, Baltimore. I, I, you know, we did a Married to the Ring event in Baltimore, and I have to say, Baltimore showed out, and Baltimore has a unique uh, element, you know, of mm -hmm. history there and the support. Mm -hmm. Definitely great, great job bringing in the next generation um, of what I would say, podcasters, media <laughs> publishers, and all of that great all stuff, right. right? So that's a good thing. And congratulations for being married for over 30 years. My gosh, you have knocked, you've had to put the towel on. You've had to knock them out the boxing Ooh. ring, come back Ooh. in the ring. Come you on. had to beat every type of match possible. But I have to commend you come and your on. spouse for staying in the fight, staying in yes. the fight together. Yes. So let's get into this because I knew that you would be the best person to talk about this. And, and, and truly, you're well qualified for 30 years because <laughs> everyone tries to make it seem like that uh, marriage is always this perfect thing when in fact it's the highest institution in the earth realm um mm -hmm. the most heavily attacked uh mm -hmm. agreement in the world right mm -hmm. and we see that through all of the legislation and the various changes uh but let's let's talk about this so i want to 
say, you know, I'm going to ask you some questions, but before I go into that, I want to state some st statistics here mm -hmm. uh, that's very important. You know, one in three married couples, you know, I, I have to say this and I, I try to tell people this all the time, like one in three married couples pretend to be happy, right? Mm -hmm. And then 70% of couples say they have pretended to be happy in order to avoid conflict. And mm. then 50% of couples say they have pretended to be happy in order to save their marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And then 30% of couples say they have pretended to be happy in order to make their partner happy. Woo, oh my God. And then 20% of couples say they have pretended to be happy in order to avoid divorce. Mm -hmm. Now, for 30 some odd years, I know that you probably fell in the one in three married couples at one point pretend to be happy. The 70% of couples that have pretended to be happy in order to avoid conflict. And then that population where you were happy in order to save your marriage, you pretended, mm -hmm. and then also uh, trying to make your partner happy, and then also to avoid that daggone word called divorce court. So, yeah. so what are some of the reasons why married couples pretend to be happy? Well, I think it's basically what you just stated, um, and let's not get let's not get um, convenience, right? Because there's also studies. This is new thing out where married couples. Um, are married, but they just live together. They sleep in separate bedrooms. They just did that. And that is what the trend is now. So really, I'm not happy with you. I don't want to be with you, but I'm going to stay in this relationship because it's convenient. And let's just be honest. One of the key things is financially convenient for people, mm, right? Yes. Financially convenient because I can't handle this bill or this lifestyle that we have created by myself so i would rather be unhappy stay with you and let's just act like we happy right mm. that's that's what it is <laughs> that is you know we just uh, we just did a podcast interview with my girl jay michelle robinson from the state mm -hmm. of washington who's also a native of Maryland. <laughs> uh, and we just got finished talking about financial abuse in marriage mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. it looks like uh, and so you are definitely correct. There, there is the marriage population that I failed to mention that are just staying in it to keep their exact same lifestyle. <laughs> the lifestyle, yeah. Now, I also have to say to you, this is interesting that you bring that up because not too long ago, I had a conversation with someone who was dating an individual. And as they were dating the individual, they discovered that they were still married and living in the same household with their husband mm. and the gentleman said to me tell you it kind of like rocked my like I'm thinking she's single but she also yeah. had communicated or conveyed directly to him that we live together we're married but we sleep in separate rooms we do not have any intimacy and I mean from his moral and his value perspective he was like Tanya is this the new dating thing because he had just recently got divorced and I was like yo dude don't touch that you know right. so right. so we've been talking about this because there was an email that I sent out not too long ago you know you can't date while you marry you know no, you can't so I, I am, I, I'm glad that you brought that up, you know, but, but besides that one reason, what are some other reasons you believe, you know, um, what is a scenario where even in your marriage, you felt at one point in time that you needed to pretend to be happy, or you felt like why you had to pretend to others to be happy, but you really weren't. And you know what, Tanya, that was actually in the beginning I would say, you know, your marriage, you, you got the five year, then you go to the 10, the 15. I call those milestones, right? Yeah. Um, so in the first 10 years of my marriage, I was not happy. Yeah. I was not happy. <laughs> Remember, I just celebrated my 11th, my yeah. 11th year on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I told people, yo, the first eight, nine years, I was like, yo, yo, yo. So when people come to me below that age, they like tell you, I'm throwing it out like, no, don't do it. Not yet. Not, 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 not yet. Right. Because, you know, the honeymoon after, you know, the I do, then the honeymoon stage is over. Now the real life stuff comes. Now the real person shows up, right? 
when things get heated or things get tough. So, you know, I just remember my husband was a street man, right? And when I said street man, he he ran those streets. Mm -hmm. he, but but my, like my bishop I said- I had a hold too. I had a hold too. You know, right. like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, but like my bishop said, it wasn't something new that you saw. He was doing that when you met him. What made you think that he was going to drastically change all of a sudden when you married him? Because he, he still longed and hunger for that street life. So I remember one day I told God, I'm done. I'm not going to pray for him no more. I said that because God in the beginning has showed me the power of my prayer in our marriage. But I was frustrated because the prayer to me wasn't being answered. I remember going to church at a Bible study, literally crying the entire time by myself. And God said, you need to give this to me. He said, give this to me. And he said, call your husband what I have already ordained him to be. The king of the house. You know, the head. Speak life over him. Speak what I have already ordained him to be in this earth realm. And then, because that night when I said I wasn't going to pray anymore, God showed me this wicked spirit trying to get in our house. It was a, a strange woman trying to get in our house. She rung the doorbell and, and it was a spirit. It was just not no face. It was just a, an appearance of a spirit. And... And, and, and God said, just say the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against wow. you. So the spirit would have entered if I had given up the prayer. He said, if you stop praying and you stop affirming, a spirit is going to get in your home and it's going to destroy your home. And he and God said, this is not just about you. Your marriage is not just about you. It's about generations. So at that moment, Tanya, I began to not look at just me and how I felt. I began to look at my children. And those that were connected to me, that now I, th this marriage had a purpose and a mission behind it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just about me. And my bishop would tell us all the time, he said, the whole is more important than the half. I'm the half. But looking at the whole, which is the whole entire family, is far more important than the half. So either you're going to work through this and get through this, or you're going to see a ripple of effect of destruction because you said no to me hmm. it was about me and god at that point you said a whole mouthful i think this is so powerful because i think you know as i continue to deal with marriages across the globe a lot of people really don't understand the power of the covenant mm -hmm. you know uh and what i mean by that is because this is a hot the highest institution ever created that no man can even duplicate right. <laughs> you know no man can duplicate it scientifically because it's it was created directly by god right the the moral of the story is because it was created in the fashion that it was created that you mentioned a lot of people do not understand that when you exit out of a marriage the multiple or the triple uh, adverse impact it has on generations, like not mm -hmm. just your yeah. children, but your children's children, your children's children, children, your children, like up to four to five generations, yeah. right? Yeah. And so as a direct result, I mean, when you said that your husband he was out there. So, you know, we both have husbands that were thugs, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but very good providers, right? Very yeah. good men, right? Yeah. And now converted over on the other side. The lifestyle or whatever the battle that they contended with on the other side was either due to an absentee of a father or a divorce that transpired or something that they saw in their home that was outside of the normal matriarch of how marriage should look. Mm -hmm. And we as women have had to contend with those battles in order to create wholesomeness all over again. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's what, that's what, that's what, if, if you could just 
chime in there is that what right. really took place like did your husband come from a actually, actually he came from him and his mom and dad were married a long time until his father passed away while we were married from ms so wow. they but i believe for my husband it was just the streets of baltimore Ooh, it was in. his environment, right? His, what he saw, yes, the brotherhood, yes, yes, you know, yes. what what was acclimated, you know, that's powerful. That's powerful. That is powerful. That is powerful. And you had to contend with that as the wife, but you knew how to contend with it through prayer. Right. And not only that, he told me, he said, basically, you can be mad at me all you want. He said, you can say the word divorce. He said, but I'm never divorcing you. He would say that. So he wow. would say that. Now, on the other side, on my end, I came from my mother and father divorced. Wow. So, and they were married for about 10 years. And he, he my father died of a drug overdose. Okay. But she had separated from my father. And that's how we ended up in Baltimore to get away from the Virginia kind of um, lifestyle and just a new beginning and came to Baltimore. So in my mind, you know, if I don't like it, I'm going to divorce you, <laughs> you know, and, you know, because. Well, you do know statistics say that a child who experiences divorce, the probability of them um, abandoning a relationship right. early on is, it's like, it's, it's easy. I know I was a divorce. I was a byproduct of, a divorced household. Although my mother yeah. remarried, the bottom line is it wasn't a remarriage with my father. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, so, right. You know, so the probability on our side, similar to what you said, I was like, listen, let me turn him off like a light switch. Yo, I want to yeah. exit. But there was this, there was this power. Every time I felt like I wanted to exit and I can hear you saying it at the same time, it was like, I fear God. There was like this- yeah. God, like God was like, you can't because it's bigger than you. And I was just like, who cares about it being bigger than me? It doesn't feel good, right? Yeah. And that's what I hear you saying, right? And yeah, and, and, and that's you, exactly, and like that's exactly Tanya. But you know what? I think that comes from also the we didn't realize probably at a younger age how connected and how we how much we had an intimate relationship with God because during those trials of what I saw my mother go through with my father, I would always go somewhere and sit and talk to God. Wow. That is too I cute. I There's always, a child right now that's yeah. doing that for their parents. Right. I will always go sit and talk to God. So to, like you said to me, one of the things I said to myself, I will never go through what my mother went through. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was already programming in my mind. He can mm -hmm. try it if he want to, but I'm going to bounce like a basketball, right? <laughs> I had already programmed in my mind. I will never put up with that, you know, because you see that you be like, I will never go through that. I will never put up with all these women that came, you know, come forth and all these girlfriends my father had. And I said, oh, no, I would never put up with him putting his hands on me, you know, which, you know, no woman should. And that's right. what caused my mother to leave. So that was the reason. You know, it wasn't like she wasn't trying. It was the abuse, right? Right, right. So I had already, but I'm just telling you how you see this and you automatically put, you know, you have this thing that you, you that I will never right. do. I will never go through. And what happens is that kind of over kind of over Trump what some things are or the way God is designing it you're not going through the abuse you're just going through you both trying you both young didn't know what you were doing and you just growing up together that's what it was I tell people never say never right right because you don't know what test you'll be presented with you yeah. know I uh, never say never you don't know what you will do until you're confronted with a situation, you know, under any circumstance. So mm -hmm. we have to be careful not to judge other circumstances, you know, cause this right here can get us in trouble, you mm -hmm. know? And so mm -hmm. to your point, we may be saying that we'll never do this, but 
really God is saying love unconditionally, yeah. right? Like he's, he's throwing in the, the pieces. No one wants to talk about long suffering. No one wants to talk about, you know, um, how to confront, you know, conf con confront uh, conflict, but right. in a meaningful way, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, you know, so, I mean, Hey, I, I, I have to say, you know, you got a track record, you know, <laughs> But you know what, Tanya? God gave me a secret sauce. What's the secret sauce, Cassandra? Come on now. To thy own self be true. Ooh. To thy own self be so, true. So break that down. Thing. Break that down for the audience that's watching this. Okay. So basically, a lot of times as women, when we are feeling pain, we're feeling disrespect or hurt, we sometimes just eat it up and thank God don't want us to say nothing. Just take it, take it, take it, take it. But I was communicating it with my husband. Hey, God said, stop keeping things silent because that's what the problem was. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how it's affecting you mm -hmm. and ask him, how can we do this better? Because for me to act like I'm not hurting, or me to act like I'm ignoring what I see is a lie and that's fake. You know, that's that's so important. The points that you made are so important because one, that's someone who's suffering in silence when they don't mm -hmm. have the ability to articulate or confront the conflict in mm -hmm. a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. People think, you know, I would hear some people say, oh, you're just talking too much. No, mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm telling you what I don't like. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what hurts me. And I'm telling mm -hmm. you how that makes me feel. And I'm going to keep telling you in a meaningful way without, I don't care who raises the voice, that that is inappropriate because that is crossing over into boundaries that makes me feel uncomfortable, which is what you just said. And that is oftentimes mistaken as toxic when in fact that is healthy. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, healthy it is, It's very healthy. It's Because one, number one, you're taking ownership of your feelings. Exactly. Right. right. That, that requires that person that is hurting you to now take ownership in what they have done to hurt you. Mm -hmm. right because mm -hmm. they got to take ownership and it's up to the individual to now make you feel secure in that area they may have made you have hurt you or harmed you in and that is important and it's not the responsibility mm -hmm. just for the person that's out there listening to this right now it is not your responsibility to change the other individual right. after you have communicated what doesn't make you feel good and it is not your responsibility to function out of fear because they may not respond the way right. that you had anticipated them to respond because you really don't know what their history was shaped to be like mm -hmm. what may be abnormal to you may be normal to them until you commute communicate what is abnormal right that's when they have an opportunity to assess what i love what you what what you said is you you're keeping you're keeping your girl power or manpower whoever whichever individual is experiencing this right now you're keeping your power in your own wheelhouse which is you you know which is you as an individual and so you know, what would you say to the person who fears communicating their feelings? Um, you, you ever see someone who's so passive that uh, the other party will manipulate the words? We're going to talk on this shortly, narcissism and manipulation and all of that on this podcast. But I think there's sometimes some people who will communicate their feelings to the other party. Were there any instances where your husband tried to twist the words or tried to manipulate so that he did not ever have to accept ownership? Or have you ever been in a relationship where that has happened and you've had to say, wait? Well, yeah, you know, even today, my husband will try to twist the words. He said, well, if I say I'm feeling a certain way or, or just like today, I'm gonna give you an example. Hey, when we came from the airport, 
we should have got some gas in my car because I have no gas now. <laughs> we made a mistake because now it's snow outside and I'm scared to drive to the gas station. I'm scared I'm not going to make it. And the first thing he says to me is, we didn't make a mistake. We okay. I said, we did make a mistake, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> we should have gotten this gas. But then I had to, I said, okay, got it. Because sometimes when, when people are like, when people are like that, they necess don't necessarily want to take ownership. You just say, okay, let me just back off. Because we want them to see it. You know, yes. we want them to see what it is that was done. But all the time, they're not going to see it. Right. So what we need to do is learn. I always say the grace card. Mm. When they give the grace card, when to pull back and say, okay, God, you, you'll help them see it one day. And that's how, you know, the communication, because communication is so important. Yes. And, and, you know, and, and this whole fake thing, Tanya, to me, Come on now. Well, you know, we January babies. You know, January January babies. We at the beginning of the year. We ain't nothing fake about us. We call it nothing. ace ace a spade a spade. It what? is what it is. No time you know, yeah, I, I just, you know, it's like, yo, yo, cut that, cut that jargon out. You know, cut cut the fillers out. Just tell me what it is, you know. Not everybody can handle that. Yeah. Because to be honest, I've seen some fake marriages, act, people acting. And with me, I always say, what you see is what you get. Ooh. Well, you know, what was interesting is, is you know, I, I wanted to have this conversation because I remember very early on in my marriage, to your point, under that eight-year threshold where uh, when we, when Gerald and I had separated and we were living in two separate residences and here it is, I'm, I'm birthing married to the ring. Um, but but not bleeding on people, having other people really come in. But deep down on the inside, you know, I had to differentiate uh, silence, you know, in certain circumstances mm -hmm. where I had to, how do I put it? Um, like, I hate. I hate the fact that I would go to church and pretend that we were in the same household. Mm. Like, hello, greet, hi, hi, everybody. Well, you know, I, 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 why is that? Why is that? Because it's almost like a liar. Once yeah, a liar, yeah, tell a liar. Like like, once they tell a liar, like, like, if they were going to ask me. Keep being fake, right? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> if they ask me, I'm going to tell them right now that we are not even in the same. Don't ask me. That's why I was like, don't ask me the question, right? But I just went ahead and went along with, you know, lottie, 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 lottie. And, and, you know, and it was not a good feeling because at the end of the day, when I walked out, how could I really receive the word? I don't know mm -hmm. who this is for right now. I just feel this is going to be for someone out there. But how could I really totally receive the word knowing that at the end of it, I still mm -hmm. had a crush. Mm -hmm. I still had to deal with the reality of what was going to happen when we walked out of the building, right? And that's why I really stress on the importance that it's okay to disagree, but always remain in agreement. You know, people don't understand that, like, it's okay to disagree in a relationship, you know, and this goes for the male or the female. You know, your response doesn't mean that you have to exit. You just have to wait on the timing on when to really uh, handle it accordingly or appropriately, you know, and you all are not going to agree. I mean, I, I, I've, I've, I, we've gone from leaving out of the house, grabbing a new home, living in separate residences to going to the other room, go to sleep. You know, it, it's something that evolves and not every marriage, you know, um, has had to do that. But even in your case, early on in your marriage, when there were times where you felt like you had to pretend to be happy what did you do? Did you go to the next room or did you go over your mom's house? Did you go to the girlfriend's house? What did you do? I do remember one time I did go to my mother's house. You mentioned that. But I, my mother told me, she said, what's wrong? And she said, and she immediately told me, go back home, have the conversation. <laughs> go back she home. Go back home. <laughs> Wise cancel. She was not going to let me just give up that right. quickly she 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 wanted me to understand that there is no perfect marriage and we often hear hear this that okay. marriage is not a contract it's a covenant right 
Right. The covenant you make before God and man, right? Better or worse, richer or poor. And so I was in my worst, but I had to get to my better. Yes, yes, yes. This is important. And how did you share with the individuals? How did you get to your better? Because some people, you know, depending upon if they're a spoiled brat or if they if there's a trigger because they've experienced something in their childhood and they're like, I don't want this. This is linked to my trauma, but it really isn't associated associated with their trauma at all. It's just that they've mentally done that. What what type of prescription would you give them, you know, on how to become better? Well, I, I think what number one happened was I deepened my relationship with Christ. And I went to him for the answers. And he began to show me in the word where, you know, where, you know, Sansa says where unity commands the blessing, right? Mm. You know, the power of agreement, you know, one could chase a thousand, but two could put 10,000 to flight. So I began to see the power in, in our coming together, being married and also family. Mm. I wanted my family to have what I didn't have. And I've always wanted that, them to have better, them to have what I didn't have, two parents that stayed together, that were married, that loved each other, that provided a nurturing space, um, a space of love, a space of truth, a space of unity. So I began to take those steps and believe God for it. I believed him for it. And me taking the steps because it's always, I said, God is always going to require you to do something. Exactly. He's always going to require you. And you have to be extremely intentional. I say this in all of my interviews. I said, everyone has an educational plan, a financial plan, a career plan. But do they have a marital plan? Mm. Right? Do they have a marital plan that really outlines cohesively what the two individuals agree upon? Right? Mm -hmm. And you have to become extremely intentional, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it sounds like you've been very intentional. You've been very strategic uh, in your marriage. How important, is, how important is it to have a strategy in your marriage? It's very important to have a strategy because number one, you, you mentioned it. We'll have a strategy for our finances. We'll have a strategy for the next career move for that to, look, I'm going to say 20 pounds that you want in COVID weight, you still trying to get off. Um, you, you know, we'll have a strategy, but why not have a strategy for something? Like you mm -hmm. said, the first institution that God formed, mm -hmm. that he put his hand on so richly for better or for worse, you're making that covenant with him. Why not have a strategy for something that will change? that will charge and change generations for real. Because let's be honest, when you die, what's the legacy you leaving? Well, what's the purpose of living? Yeah. If you're not leaving a legacy. What's <laughs> you the know? legacy? What right, kind what's of legacy that? are you leaving? Right, right, right. You know, one of the greatest things that I, I love is people don't understand it starts, you know, I know they deal with the children and they're doing, no, but it starts in the household with mother, father, yep. from mother, father, then it trickles, you know, and you mentioned early on that you didn't want to pretend. And the reason why you didn't want to pretend is because, you know, your children, your adult children you know, I'm assuming you you broke what we call generational curses. You mm -hmm. confronted issues that you you said, listen, this is not going to happen on my watch with the next set. And then the, the next set, which are your children. Now, how many of your children are married? Out of four, three. Look at that. Yep. And you know what? And Look I'm at so that. And Look at so, that. What we've been through, Tanya, we share yes. with them. Right. We be we are very authentic and real with them. And even if we see something, like we see, like we see uh, something the enemy's trying to bring, we say, "Hey, we we're we're seeing this." And if you continue on this track, this is what's going to happen. So you need to pray and ask God for wisdom in this area. You know, what I love about what you said is people or children do not understand 
the direct connect or influence of their parents' voices uh, in their lives nowadays. Some mm-hmm. do yeah. and some don't. You know, some take that voice that God has given, you know, and, and it's in the book of Psalms. It talks about, I believe, at your mother's feet and at your father's, like there's like mm-hmm. wisdom around instruction and counsel that's provided. And when a an, an adult child doesn't listen and mm-hmm. they connect with I call them foreign objects, meaning mm-hmm. a foreign substance that's mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the shaping of your bloodline or the covenant of your bloodline. Then you start to see all of this toxicity bleed across mm-hmm. multiple areas. And then they're like, well, how is this happening? They be, because they become a part of a yoke that mm-hmm. never was predestined and it doesn't even match the DNA of their bloodline, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't even match the DNA of their bloodline. And so speak to the importance. I mean, you know, the importance of being transparent, you know, and how to really break the cycle. So say, for instance, I'm, you know, you know, here's Sarah. Sarah's coming in. You know, Sarah's going to church every Sunday, sitting next to Bob. Let's just give an example, right? Sarah's coming to church, sitting next to Bob every Sunday, they're enjoying themselves, you know, but, but what are some signs that you really can detect? Like that marriage isn't in a good place. And then they get in, you know, they're going home, you know, and they're just repeating the cycle Sunday to Sunday, you know, or even in the workplace, repeating the cycle, you know, how can they break the cycle of, you know, not being authentic, you know, why, why do they feel they have to be so ashamed or why does one feel they have to be so ashamed? Cause this rule about, um, uh, you know, what stays in the house, what goes on in the house stays in the house. This, some of that rule is, is, is not good. Some of that rule is a curse, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but what do you say to a couple right now who is pretending to be good, but they really aren't. Mm. That's something because uh, you asked that question because when the Lord um, called my husband to be a deacon, right? I said in front of all the other deacons, I said in front of our pastor, I don't want my husband to be a deacon because your wives look unhappy. Woo! Wait, wait, we're going to drop them. <laughs> because that's where, listen, I'm trying and to I don't want to look like, and I don't want to look like them. And I don't want to, so, so let, let me say something. To <laughs> I'm going to drop the mic right here. You know, um, I have seen so many first ladies unhappy. Yeah. Insecure. Bleeding their dysfunction onto uh you know congregations over the years right that literally when they were saying to my husband oh one day Tanya will be a first lady I was like oh no I'm not that girl yes. I'm gonna tell you, listen I'll tell you the whole truth not what the truth so help me God because of the point that you made like in the church there are, you know, you know. And we should start with leadership first. Right. You, you, right. You have to lead by example. I was just sharing a situation recently. I was so happy to see, you know, an individual grow. Right. And I was like, that was in leadership. And I was like, you, you know, it makes a difference. It makes the wives want to sit there, you know, because wives can discern what other wives are going through, especially, you know, marriage is marriage. Right. And so as a direct result, when you see the good, when you when you can see or be able to help. And then someone was saying to me, no, Tanya, you're supposed to go and help. No, no, I can't fix anyone's house. You, what behind happens behind closed doors. Now, I can give you tools and I can give you resources, but, but the two individuals are customized uniquely for themselves. That means that these individuals have to be very intentional and apply resources tools and most importantly the word of god yeah. you know to their lives that's mm-hmm. that's that's having a plan having a mm-hmm. blueprint mm-hmm. of of something that they're saying we're willing to fight through regardless of what's right. happening but understanding that the covenant is just it's between them two yeah. you know so when you said that to them what did they say 
they almost did what you did. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Because, because I explained that I don't want, if, if God has called my husband to this, of course, you know, the pastor explained that when God calls your husband, he also calls you. He also calls the family. Right. So it's not just the husband, mm -hmm. but it's up to the wife or the individual on way on the way they handle things. Because my whole thing was, I don't want my husband okay. being at church all the time. And then I'm sitting at home when he coming home. That whole stigma. Yeah, yeah, that all whole that, stigma. Yeah, the whole said, stigma of imbalance. Right. Imbalance. Right. And that's what I talked about. I said, I want him to be balanced. I want our, fa our family to be balanced. I want, when we go in, we having dinner, I want him my there. Jesus. I, I understand that he has to do the things of God and the things for the church. But he also, his first ministry is home. It's home. And so what I like about what you just said, this is like, yo, that's a whole nother topic. But this is like telling the individual, maybe suggesting to the individual who is watching this right now, that if you could get, if you could take the lead on building that communication plan and building out your individual vision for your family first, yes. I, I think that, I think that yes. has to happen before anyone get, does anything in the church. Come on. Because it allows them to establish boundaries. Right. When they cross over into the church, right? Right. Because if you're not stable at home and if you're not communicating and ministering effectively at home, I, you know, me, cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a realist, right? If you get up there, I'm going to look at you like, I don't even hear what you're saying because what you're doing <laughs> at home is not what you're doing up in that pulpit. Right. right? And you, <laughs> that's real. And it's hard yeah. for you to receive from someone that's not authentic in their life. Right. They, they are not, whatever they're saying across the pulpit or whatever they're saying, even in speaking, coaches and all this, it's hard for me to receive because I see other things when you, you're doing something else. It's hard for me to receive because you just, like I said in the beginning, to thy own self be true. It goes back to you. How are you being authentically true with this part or in your marriage or anything else in your life? And then when you look and say, why? And then why am I not being true to that? And why, because, and let me explain something to you. A lot of people don't understand that the blows intensify when you show up fake. Yeah. Because you're going to be tested to yeah. see if that's what you really, what, is that the substance that you're really carrying, right? And then what happens is it knocks you back like 10 steps. Like it's going to knock you all the way back because it's going to force you to do what you didn't want to do. So I'm all about prevention. You know, why not do it right the first right. time? So that you ain't got to do all of that other stuff. And then when people come in, my girlfriend has a, st uh, a saying, I give her credit for this. Uh, my girlfriend uh, has a saying saying, Tanya, don't let no air come in between your relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is how I feel. If you don't allow any of it to come into your relationship at home first, when those demonic forces in the church come, to attack it will never penetrate mm -hmm. that's why i said to you earlier in the interview that as long as you have the power of agreement mm -hmm. you're in agreement it's okay to disagree but never lose the agreement right it's mm -hmm. okay to disagree on a topic on a subject but never lose agreement meaning your oneness your unity your harmony mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. your peace your sanctification you mm -hmm. know, some things are not worth arguing about, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when it's coming from an outsider. Mm -hmm. It just isn't, right? Mm -hmm. And that outsider can be family, friends, children, siblings, mm -hmm. you know, pastors, whatever. You know, you just have to make sure that you keep the sanctification of your relationship sanctified. That's just, mm -hmm. you know, sanctified at the end of the day. Nothing more, nothing less. And if the other partner is not there yet, you have to give them the time, grace to be able to get there over time so mm -hmm. that it doesn't create 
a divide in your household, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I love that you challenged the deacons <laughs> because what did that do within the church? How did the, how, how, how was that received? Well, I think it, what it d did was it showed them how important my family was to me. Yes. You commanded that. The boundaries. There was no, right. The boundaries there was no was boundaries. Already set. Yep. You already, yes. you already know how important my family is to me. So when my husband said he can't be, or he got to do to take care of home, you guys understand. Cause we're not, cause we're not coming against this. We're not coming against this and we're not putting anything in the place of my family. We're not doing that. So I think that set boundaries. It also set, showed, uh, set a level of respect for me and my husband and what we were building um, in our home and in our marriage and with our children. And to this day, they respect that. And that probably was about, I would say, maybe um, Antoine was a baby. He's 27 now with 28, uh, maybe about 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 So what would you say, just to recap that piece right there, you know, especially, you know, we're going to have, you know, I want someone to look beyond those that are listening. This isn't just an example. I mean, the example Cassandra gave was in the church, but this also is applicable to your work. Mm -hmm. This is applicable to your relationship with families. You know, what's the boundaries, the boundaries yeah. that you must establish so that you don't alter who you are as a person. That's it. You know, you don't alter who you are as a person. What would you, you know, what recap would you tell them, you know, tell someone to do? You know, well, I, I would like to put a challenge question out there, Tanya, mm -hmm. um, because I believe that when you're challenged, you change. So how bad do you want it? How bad do you want your family to be healthy? How bad do you want your marriage to be healthy? How bad do you want to be an example, an authentic example for others to see? And how bad do you want to come against the odds? How bad do you want to uh, come against any generational curses or anything that, that you've seen? How bad do you want it? Because how bad you want it is going to determine your next move and your next action. It's almost like a championship. We're in football season. We're football house. It's almost, I always say this. Oh, we got a football house too. Yeah. <laughs> I always say this. The team that won it the baddest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. will win or come out successful. That's what so I'm the about. couple or the marriage that want it the baddest, mm -hmm. that are, that's willing to take stands, set boundaries, speak up, speak out, will come out on the end on top. So how bad do you want it? I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to leave it right there. I think that uh, Cassandra dropped so many important nuggets in this interview that you have to go back. And, you know, I was hearing one of uh, our colleagues say it's important to go back at least seven times and mm -hmm. replay and grab the notes because she dropped some nuggets that I believe will be able to help, but do not narrow your mindset, mm -hmm. you know, to, as I stated earlier in this interview, you know, we give an example of church, but how about someone comes to you and approaches, say, I want you to do a new TV show. I want you to do this. And you consult your spouse and your spouse is like, I'm not really ready for that yet. You know, how do you proceed? You know, do you wait or do you be like, forget it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it because I ain't got time to be waiting on the brother. You know, like, you know, I mean, there's just examples that I believe that you can take and take a look and apply them, you know, and then determine exactly how you want to proceed. But the key here is you got to keep God first because mm -hmm. he's the one that created marriage and everything. I have to be very transparent. Every instance or battle or conflict mm -hmm. is in the word mm -hmm. like there is every you know symptoms i mean it's in the word right mm -hmm. but we here at married to the ring also have resources we have a blueprint community for marriages but cassandra what would you say in closing because you did uh partner with my girl out there cynthia green 
uh, I haven't seen Cynthia in a second. I can't wait to give a holler out to her. Uh, but she couples determined to make marriage great, right? So yeah. Cynthia Green did an is is it a theology or a collaboration? Yes, a collaboration. Um, basically, couples came together, and we whatever was close to our heart is what we wrote our chapter on. In our chapters, chapter four, it says there is power in the come together. And that's basically based off of Psalms 133, how truly wonderful and delightful it is for to see brothers and sisters live together in sweet unity. It's as precious as the sacred Senate oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robe. This harmony can be compared to the dew of dripping from Mount Hemron, which flows down upon the hills of Zion. Indeed, this is where Yahweh has decreed his blessing will be found. The, the promise of life forever. Unity. Mm. And it's, you know, and we basically talk about this, the power in the come together. There was times in our marriages, mm -hmm. in our marriage, mm -hmm. I'm saying my marriage, mm -hmm. where we didn't come together. Right. But we began to notice when we did come together, God's blessing was on it. That's why I say it's okay to, it, listen, stay in agreement. Mm -hmm. That's all. You got to stay in agreement because God's blessing is already guaranteed on the marriage mm -hmm. so if you are an individual who is not or faking to be or pretending to be happy go back and grab some of these nuggets and it, it goes back to communication um mm -hmm. it goes back to communicating learning how to communicate to your spouse what those unmet needs are and how you communicate and mm -hmm. drawing those boundaries and so, you know, we do have tools and resources, but we'll also be able to share where can they find, not only to purchase the book, but Cassandra, where can they locate you? Yes. So I'm on all social media sites, Cassandra Ferguson, <laughs> also Elevation Global Media Group. If you wish to purchase this book, you can actually um, go on to my Instagram page, Elevation Global Media Group, because Elevation Global Media Group is the media um the media partner that helps to book, do the bookings and sell a book. You can go on there and you can send a DM and you can get a link and I'll send Tanya the link as well in okay. order for you to purchase the book from me. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. 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 I'm happy. I mean, Merlin's taking marriages by, <laughs> by force, you know, by force. So thank you again, uh, Cassandra, for all of you out there. You already know where to locate Married to the Ring, and we'll share that with you. But thank you so much for today's interview. Thank you, Cassandra. Thank you, Tanya, and it's a blessing.